0: Patriots fans, and welcome on into episode 5 of Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. Proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great people at SB Nation. I'm Mark Schofield, happy to be with you on this Saturday, October 12th, 2019. Another great weekend of football awaits. But hey, if you're listening to this, odds are you're a Patriots fan, so you get to do something fun. You get to just sit back and watch. You don't have to worry about a game. You don't have to go through the pregame rituals. Maybe you pace like I do. Whatever happens when the Patriots are playing, you don't have to worry about that, The because the Patriots, week six, is in the rearview mirror. We're on to the New York Jets. But as we do each week here at Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind, we're going to give you some of the best of what the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network had to offer over the course of the past week. From all three of our shows, from the flagship Pat's Pulpit Podcast with Rich Hill and Alex Shane, to Patriot Nation with Pat Lane and Ryan Spagnuoli, and of course, the SCO Show with yours truly. In addition... Here we get a chance to give you any last minute news or notes. We do have some news coming out of the Patriots in the wake of last night's victory, or excuse me, Thursday night's victory over the New York Giants, as well as some college football stuff to keep on your radar. Maybe some players to scout, definitely some players to scout as we get what they're calling Prove It Week for two young quarterbacks in particular. So we got all that stuff to cover here today. On Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. Also, we have some great music to gets you in and out of these shows. That is Hope from of Music. You can check them out at Heddamusic.com. And don't forget, these are just snippets of the shows you will hear every day on the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. And you can get these by subscribing to Pat's Pulpit via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave reviews for us. Five-star reviews, always appreciated. Let's get to the news and Patriots were banged up in a big way on Thursday night. Near the end of that game, especially in the second half, offensively, they could only run 11 personnel. They were down Josh Gordon. They were down Matt LaCosse. They were down Jacob Johnson. So your 21 personnel packages with a fullback, those were out the window. Your 12 personnel packages with two tight ends, those were out the window. Kind of hamstrings what Josh McDaniels and company could do in the second half of that game. And so, if people are sort of rumbling or grumbling about the offense and their inability to move the ball or score points, kind of throw that out the window a bit. You're playing with a one arm tied up behind your back as an offense in that situation. Now, the arm you have is still the golden right arm of Mr. Tom Brady, TB12 himself. So, you got a puncher's chance. And they did have some good drives in the second half, but they were limited. Out of that game, we did get some news. Jacob Johnson, 2 IR. So that one stands a bit. Patriots now down to no fullbacks. Do they make an acquisition? Do they use Ryan Izzo at fullback slash tight end as they did in the second half of that game? Do they make a move? So that's going to be something to watch. Also, some other players that were banned up. Like I mentioned, Josh Gordon. It seems the Patriots dodged a bullet there. doesn't seem that his knee injury is going to be serious. Waiting word on players like Donta Hightower, who left with that lingering shoulder injury. Patrick Chun had a chest injury in that game. So the Patriots a little banned up, but the major news was Jakob Johnson going to injured reserve now with his injury that he suffered against the Giants. Let's talk some college ball. Like I said, they're calling this prove-it week for two quarterbacks in particular. Joe Burrow from LSU, who we'll get to in a minute. And Jalen Hurts, and we're going to see Jalen Hurts early. little Red River showdown kicks off noon Eastern. You get a chance to see Oklahoma and Texas. That's going to be a fascinating game to watch. And Hurts has played himself into sort of, I don't want to say round one contention, but he's certainly put himself on the radar for people like Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl. If he has a good performance in this game, I guarantee you, Jalen Hurts will be down at Mobile, or at least will get the invite to the Senior Bowl, which is becoming sort of a big event now. It used to be bigger-name quarterbacks would maybe avoid the Senior Bowl. They wouldn't go, but we're seeing the Baker Mayfields, the Josh Allens. Last year, you had Daniel Jones and Drew Locke down there. It's becoming a bigger and bigger event. Jim Nagy does a fantastic job. And so Hurts could solidify himself with a Senior Bowl invite with a big performance in this game. And that, again, kicks off at noon. On Fox. Also in that noon hour, you get a chance to see Michigan at Illinois. And you're going to get a chance to see South Carolina at Georgia. Number three, Georgia. Again, another chance to see Jake Fromm, who also is in that sort of mix for quarterbacks when we start thinking about the upcoming draft class. Get some big games in the 330 hour. Alabama, number one, at Texas A&M, number 24. Any chance to see Tua, you take it. Because he's something special. And you also get Trevor Lawrence. Florida State at number 2 Clemson in that 3:30 hour. I still think Trevor Lawrence is obviously a year away from getting into that draft conversation, but he is a special talent at the quarterback position. Number 8 Wisconsin, get Jonathan Taylor, the great running back for the Badgers, and again that offensive line. If you're worried about offensive line, and if you're listening to this, there's a chance you are. You might want to watch this game because the Badgers always have some great offensive linemen prospects up and down the offensive line. So there are some guys in that game you want to probably check out. When we get to the evening, Penn State at Iowa, that's a big, big 10 game, number 10 at number 17. Those are always interesting games to watch. Probably not going to be the most exciting game. You know, that Iowa Michigan game last week was a bit of a snoozer, but interesting game to watch. I'm going to be watching Nebraska at Minnesota. Partly because I cover the Golden Gophers for the Rivals Network. But Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, is a fantastic young talent at the wide receiver position. He might be one of the better wide receivers to come out in this upcoming draft. I'm very intrigued by him. And that Nebraska secondary has some players. they go got a safety who's very good. And so that's going to be a fascinating game to watch. I'll be keeping my eye on that at least until 8 o'clock because then on ESPN, you get a big one. Florida, number seven, at number five, LSU. Again, Joe Burrow, has played fantastic to this point. Went down to Texas on a big national stage. Beat the Longhorns in a huge game. Now he gets a chance to do it at home against Florida. number 5, number 7. Massive stage. If Burrow, just like we were talking about with Hurts, if he comes out and has a huge game, I don't think he just solidifies a senior bowl invite because I think he's already locked that down. I think we're talking about Joe Burrow as definitive first-round quarterback. Which... Seems a little odd to say, given how people were thinking about Joe Pardo just a couple of weeks ago, but that is how fast fortunes change when you start thinking about the draft. Because once these guys start playing games, things happen in a hurry. He's getting some serious first round consideration. I've seen tons of mocks with him in the first round, talking to a lot of people in and around the league. People are saying, this guy's going to come off the board in the first round. Also, Jordan Love. I keep being told by people in and around teams that Jordan Love is going to get first-round consideration. Quarterbacks move up boards fast. We see that every single draft cycle. And so that game, Florida at LSU at the 8 p.m. hour on ESPN, you're going to want to check that out. So that's just a taste. There's some other great games up and down the college football slate, but those are ones that I would definitely be keeping an eye on. Up next. The, heart, the meat and potatoes of this show. Some of the best that we did here at the Pat's Pulpit Network over the past week. That's ahead on episode five of Pat's Pulpit, Radio Rewind. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode five of Pat's Pulpit, Radio Rewind. And now it's time to get to everything we put out, or at least the taste of what we put out this week at the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. And as many weeks do, it kicked off with our instant reaction show. In the wake of New England's victory over Washington on Sunday, Ryan Spagnoli and Pat Lane sat down to record an instant reaction show. And in this clip, they're going to talk about some of the offensive woes, particularly at the wide receiver position. As Spags makes the case for the return of Nikhil Harry being something that the Patriots desperately need right now on offense.
1: I, I talked about it and I tweeted it out earlier in the game. This was the first half kind of overreaction for me. I said the Patriots desperately need uh, Nikhil Harry back. And I, you know, I got some heat for it. Uh, desperately probably isn't the right word. But hey, yeah, they like, need they, it. It. they they really Pat they need an outside guy that I thought they had it with Gordon. But listen,
2: yeah,
1: Edelman, everybody knows this offense goes through Edelman, right? I mean, without him, they don't have an identity, they they're not, they're gonna have a tough time moving the ball but they need an outside guy who can gain separation and kind of free up from Gordon. They have that one big receiver, he's getting doubled. And you know, they're 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 trying to find ways to free him up. You've seen the crossing routes with the picks over the middle. That's where the big right. plays have been coming from Gordon, but a lot of his big plays have been phenomenal catches that, you know, I don't even know how he catches them in double coverage. They need another right. guy that can free him up and, and and kind of take away pressure from him. Because you know this little short game, you know dump off check down to James White or a little slant to Edelman, it it works, right? But you're not gonna play the Redskins, the Bills, the Jets every single week, right? I mean, right? They they just I I think you know when you bring Harry back, you know obviously hasn't had much work with Tom Brady, and you know I'm totally speculating if they bring him back. I'm totally assuming just because he is a first round pick and it's a receiver that's thin. Let alone, I mean Dorsett missed today with the hamstring. You know, Gordon's been banged up with the knee. And Edelman, obviously, you saw him clutching his chest a little bit today. They need a receiver, Pat. They really do. You know, And it's crazy because everyone was obviously all up in arms when Antonio Brown was here. But guess what? He's gone. And he really put them over the top right because he was able to spread the field kind of in a way that Gronk did by the way he could do. He could do so much. Freed up Edelman, right. it freed up Gordon. They don't have that right now. They need that. They need yeah. an outside guy like Harry, a big body, gain separation.
0: Also, on Sunday, you get to hear from me on episode 24 of The Sco Show. And this installment was a glorious victory installment. In the clip you're going to hear, I break down one of the New England Patriots' offensive drives that stood out to me in their win down in Washington. I mean, here's what they did on that drive first and 10, they had that little flex out, come back in. Sony Michelle for Plus two on the inside. Second and eight. Brady under center. Michelle for plus three. Now, here's third and five. And I wrote down before this ball was snapped. You can't go three and out here. Brady gets flushed to his right. Fantastic throw and the swing wheel route adjustment to James White out of the backfield. Great catch. Great yardage after the catch. And soon play first and ten. They start with that. Johnson flexed out. Comes back in. Run. Sony Michelle on the inside. Johnson with a fantastic block. Gain of five right there. Next play, they start with that wide flex with Johnson. He comes back in. He has a great block on the inside. Get a first down run there. Next play, first and 10. 12 personnel, two tight ends in the group. Brandon Bolden on the inside. Joe Tooney with a fantastic pull to the right. Gain of four. Second and six. Bolden with a touchdown. He keeps going upfield. He starts on a swing route keeps getting vertical, Brady gets flushed, fantastic throw on the move, under pressure, Tom Brady to Brandon Bolden for the touchdown. That drive is when I felt better about this offense. Then because it was a condensed week, we get two shows for you out on Tuesday. First up was episode 161 of our flagship show, the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. In this clip, Rich and Alex talk about the historical numbers we are seeing from this defense and whether this might be the best Patriots defense we've seen in recent history.
3: So, I mean, I think that you can't take away the fact that they are a great team. I mean, you look at football outsiders, they have this uh, statistic called uh, value over average. And so they look at every single play that every single team does, and they compare the outcome of that play To what the league average is if they were also in that situation, and so they also adjust for opponents. So if you allow two yards to the Patriots, it's a little bit better than uh, of a defensive job than if you give up two yards to like you know the Washington team, you know. And so they have accounted for every single play this year. They have accounted for the terrible opponents that the Patriots have. And New England still has the number one defense dating back to 1986. And so, yeah, technically the Bears team, uh, pretty good defense from the year before. The data just doesn't go back that far. But in the, all of the history of Football Outsiders, so that's over 30 years, the Patriots have the best defense. It doesn't matter that they're playing Colt McCoy or Josh Rosen or Luke Falk or Ben Roethlisberger. They are all terrible teams. The Patriots still, when you account for that awfulness, they're amazing. They're the best team. (laughs) If you threw five games, the defense has allowed 20 points. That is tied for the fewest of all time. There's no way you can spin that. doesn't matter how bad they are. This is a historically good defense.
4: Now, I'm guessing, Rich, in allowing those 20 points, that also counts a pick six and a muffed punt, correct? Uh, it's removing for that. It's accounting for that. Removing that. Okay. All right. That's good. Because, yeah, that's still remarkable. Through five five games, 20 points. Um, There was once a time in, let's say, 2011, when that was about the first seven minutes of the game, they would allow <laughs> 20 points. So let's really enjoy this. I don't know where the this Patriots defense, at least through five weeks, given the fact it's still pretty early in the season, a lot more to go. I don't know where I would rank this Patriots defense against the Belichick defenses of the past. I'm thinking the early 2000 units that won them multiple Super Bowls. Would you say, Rich Hill, that this defense in 2019
3: is better than like the 03-04 unit? Uh, as you said, there's a whole lot of football left. But at this point, I mean, if they're able to keep up this pace, without question, without question, I would take this defense over those defenses, in particular because of how much harder it is to play defense now than it was at that time you know the the 0304 Patriots defense yeah sure they they changed some of the rules the tie law rule kind of got implemented around that time but this defense has the deck stacked against them completely if they're able to handle the their middle part of their schedule you know after the bye when they have to play Carson Wentz they have to play uh Dak Prescott and then a Deshaun Watson and then Patrick Mahomes that is a very very strong four games in a row and you can even throw Lamar Jackson in right before the bye week Baker Mayfield before that if they can go past that point and like still keep up not even at this historic level but still play very strong defense I would say that I would take this defense over any other Patriots defense
0: also on Tuesday we had episode 25 of the SCO show and during the quality time segment I was joined by our own Taylor Kyles, also from Pat's Pulpit. And in this clip, we talk about Josh Gordon, the stiff arm of Doom, leveling up and him blocking off the wing. Let me ask you this. I'm a big video game guy. Um, I play tons of games, Skyrim, Witcher 3, all that sort of stuff. And there's always like sometimes when you create characters, you can add traits or you can level up traits and things like that. Is Josh Gordon's stiff arm now the most leveled-up trait amongst the Patriots wide receivers?
5: I mean, it's hard its hard to argue with that, man. That was devastating. I think it was Quentin Dunbar yeah. who did that too. And the thing that's unfair is Josh Gordon has crazy long arms. So what makes it so hard is you saw Dunbar try to tackle him, and before he could even make contact, Gordon was already in his face mask. So, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty devastating move. I hope he breaks it out a little bit more. I mean, he does it plenty, but I want to see it at least twice a week. It's selfish, but, man, that was that was a fun one to watch.
0: Yeah, it's becoming so much fun to watch. You sort of Josh Gordon 2.0 from the Flash Gordon days where he just beat you with speed to now he's more of a power guy. I wanted to ask you this. When I was rewatching the game, I saw in one of Brady Sacks, they had Gordon in the wing, and he chipped a defensive end and released the flat. Did you see that? If so, what did you think of that? If not, if you're just hearing about this, what does that say to you about Josh Gordon?
5: Yeah, they've actually been using Gordon on the wing a few times. They did it a couple weeks ago. Um, I remember against the Jets, they used him a lot, kind of having emotion in and cracking guys in the running game. And I think that speaks to – I think Evan Lazar from CLNS pointed out that, you know, with a big body like that, you can kind of use him as a pseudo H-back in a way where you can kind of get involved in the blocking game because he's just so big. He's almost 6'4", 220 pounds. He's a massive guy, easily the biggest – Uh, that the Patriots have on the active roster at the wide receiver position. So I I think that's a role that we're going to see him sprinkled in every week a little bit because with that size, I mean, you want to make sure that you can maximize everyone's skill set, and that's definitely one that he brings to the table. He's not a true H-back or tight end, fullback kind of blocking position, so you you may not see as many devastating hits or as many quite as effective blocks as you might see from someone who's typically in that position, but just with his size alone, he really can create some problems and help out in the blocking game.
0: Then, on a special Wednesday installment of the SCO show, I sat down with Pat Traina from Locked On Giants as well as Maven slash Sports Illustrated, where she covers the Giants. We had a fantastic conversation, and here are her expectations for what we were going to see on Thursday night. Fantastic stuff, Pat. We'll get you out of here on this one. I'm not asking for a prediction or a score or anything like that, but just your general expectations for Thursday night.
6: I'm not optimistic for a giant win. Um, I'm just hoping at this point they can at least be somewhat competitive. You know, um, they're just... Too many injuries on the Giants. And I know you don't like to, you know, people don't like to hear that as an excuse. It's, I'm not trying to make an excuse. I'm just trying to be realistic here. I think even the Giants, had they been at full strength, would have had an uphill battle against this Patriots team, which is playing so well. But um, the injuries, that's a concern. And I'm just, you know, I just want to see them be competitive. You know, if they give up 300 yards and, and, and allow the Patriots to score 28 points and we have like a 28-17 loss or something like that, I would take that. I just don't want to see them totally play a lopsided game. And uh, You know, I, I want competitiveness, and that's what I'm hoping for.
0: Always fun to get a chance to sit down and talk with Pat. Now, on Thursday, we had two different shows coming your way. First up was episode 162 of the Pat's Pulpit podcast. And in this segment, Rich and Alex set the stage for what we were going to see on Thursday night.
4: Anything is possible, Rich Hill, which is what kind of scares me, because anything is possible has been kind of the mantra of the New York Giants every time they play the Patriots. <laughs> Records don't seem to matter with this team, no matter how good the Patriots are or how bad the Giants are. They just always seem to find a way to give the Patriots all they can handle and more when it mattered the most. The big difference, of course, between this matchup and matchups of the past is that Eli Manning is, at this moment at least, on the bench. Daniel Jones is the guy. And the Giants are all kinds of banged up, Rich. I feel like
3: everyone who's got a real good chance of contributing to the Giants in a positive way is hobbled yeah absolutely i mean saquon barkley has been dealing with his high ankle sprain sterling Shepard has his concussion so does backup running back wayne gallman who is also dealing with a concussion uh you add in uh evan ingram their tight end who i like a lot is dealing with a knee injury so those are actually you know go ingram barkley Shepard, and gallman those are the top four yardage producers for this entire new york offense and all of them are hobbled uh Right now, uh, we'll see who actually plays. But with this current state of that New York offense, I think this already all-time great Patriots defense is going to be in line for another pretty, uh, fingers crossed, knock on all the wood, another pretty easy game.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, how can I argue that? Um, Daniel Jones had a pretty solid start to his rookie campaign when he came in for Eli Manning, come down to earth a little bit in the last couple of games. And we all know Bill Belichick's track record against rookie quarterbacks, the different schemes he throws at him, the different packages he shows, the pre-snap reads he doesn't give. And you combine that tradition and history with the most kind of versatile, intelligent linebacking and front-line core they've had in a very long time, could be a very long day for the Giants. If you're the Giants, if you're going up against a Patriots defense that has given up 20 points through five games, what are you going to do? What is your strategy is? Especially if Saquon can't play, what are you going to do to beat this Patriots defense? Is there anything you can do?
0: Uh, I mean, like, there's not much you can do. Also on Thursday, we had episode 46 of Patriot Nation. And in this clip, Alex Barth from CLNS Media goes over with Spags and Pat, some of his thoughts on the Giants game, as well as some thoughts on this defense.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So listen, let's get right into it. Uh, you know, obviously, Patriots playing the Giants, uh, well, I guess, tonight. And um, well, when you when, at least when you're listening to this tonight, we're not recording Thursday morning. But but, you know, Thursday night and they basically have no one on offense. Uh, you know, Ingram is out. Gallman is out. Saquon is out. Stone Shepard is out. I don't know what the heck they're going to do. They can be throwing the little Giants out there to play against the Patriots uh, on Thursday night. It's it, is it going to be a bloodbath like like we expect it's going to be?
6: It could be. You know, the rain's going to kind of be a bit of an equalizer. It's supposed to be pretty extreme conditions, nor'easter. The Patriots are probably going to sit some guys, too. We already know Philip Dorsett's sitting. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Rex Burkhead get another game off. We see Patrick Chung get another game off. So that'll equalize it. I think it's going to be sort of like last week. We all thought it was going to be a blowout. It's probably closer than we wanted to start. Ultimately, we approached blowout territory. It kind of turned into a blowout in the end there. I think you could see something similar. What's tricky about it right now, kind of like I said before, is the Patriots are just dealing with health issues and keeping guys fresh and giving guys games off that it, it's not the full-strength Patriots. If it was the full-strength Patriots, you're looking at a 40, 50-point game. But they're they're going to be, with the rain especially now, they're going to be very careful about how they use people tomorrow,
2: tonight. Yeah. Aaron. Uh, yes, I agree 100%. I mean, they're definitely going to be careful about what they're doing. Um, even at not at full strength, this defense, has been just otherworldly. And I know, you know, the argument, of course, that they haven't played anyone offensively. And I guess that argument's going to remain the same after this week. But what they've been able to do is just so ridiculous. I mean, the amount of sacks they've piled up is just is, is mind-blowing. And, you know, to have 24 sacks after five games, you just like, what is going on? They have interceptions. You know, the uh, I think they have uh, more than double the amount of interceptions that of the second-place team. In the NFL, it's, it's really been unbelievable what they've been doing. And, uh, you know, we're assuming it keeps up. But I, my question really is, do you think it'll keep up all year long?
6: I mean, not like this. You, you mentioned the strength of the opponents. That doesn't help. But they're going to be an elite defense all year. They're going to be, if not the top unit in the league, a top three unit in the league. They're the best secondary in the NFL. And I don't really think it's close. They might have no. the best linebacker group in the NFL when you really get into the depth of it, too. it's not just, yeah. That's the thing about some defense. It's not just that they're top-heavy, and this is where it really hinges on things continuing. A lot of times you get units like this, you say, oh, they could be so good, and then one or two guys get hurt and it all falls apart. They have so much depth on that defensive side of the ball. It's not just the top-end talent. The guys, you know, 6 through 20 on the defense are just as impressive as guys 1 through 5. So I absolutely think they have it in them to keep it up. Will they end up the number one defense in football? You know, the schedule gets a little tougher. And if they have this thing locked up by the first week in December, maybe they'll lay a couple games and those numbers come down a bit. But no, this is this is a legitimate defense. I know some people are saying don't put them in with the 2000 Ravens or don't put them in with the O2 Box or the 2014 Seahawks. No, that's fair. They absolutely belong in that conversation, I think. They absolutely do.
0: And then to close out this week, you heard from me yet again, Episode 27 of the SCO show was not a glorious victory installment. It was just a victory installment. But I did take some time to react to one of the tweets I saw on the timeline during New England's win over the Giants. Let's talk about Nick Wright for a second, okay? Because late in the game, he put out a tweet. Basically said this. The three teams with the best defenses in football right now, Patriots, Bears, and Bills. All have one thing in common, but we only dare discuss it for the Bears and the Bills, i.e. Tom Brady's a problem. And... I usually don't jump on to things like that, but this one got me. So I just wanted to highlight the fact that coming into this game, Tom Brady was ranked 7th in the league with an adjusted net yards per attempt of 7.56. The two quarterbacks that Nick's trying to compare him to, Josh Allen, 31st in the league. Mitchell Trubisky, 32nd in the league. And in case you're wondering what those numbers are, well... Their ANYs, respectively, Josh Allen is 4.72, Mitchell's 4.52. The only qualifying quarterbacks that they've beaten in that category this year are Josh Rosen and Luke Falk, meaning Eli Manning, who watched this game from the sidelines, has a better ANY than both of those players. And remember, Tom Brady is 7th behind Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford. I mean, okay. And as far as QBR, and again, not let stats are the be all and end all, but coming into this game, Tom Brady was ninth in QBR with a sixty-one point six QBR. Josh Allen was twenty-seventh, thirty-four point seven. Mitchell Trubisky twenty-eighth, thirty-one point three. And so that take got to me a little bit, so I had to defend my boy. Look, every once in a while, the Homer in me just, just bubbles to the surface a little bit. But there you have it. There's just a taste, just a sampling of everything we put out this week at the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. And that will do it for Episode 5 of Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. As always, I want to thank our great hosts, Alex Shane, Richo, for the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, Ryan Spagnoli, Pat Lane for Patriot Nation. And I guess I'll thank myself. But more than all, I want to thank you gentle listeners of the Pat's pulpit podcast network for tuning in each and every single day. We work hard here to give you the best Patriots coverage possible. And hopefully we are achieving that goal. Just remember friends from the Patriots players to the coach and staff. And yes, the hosts of the Pat's pulpit podcast network. There are no days off.